Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining with us for this week's podcast. As per usual, before we begin our time together, I want to take a moment to let you know a bit of what's coming up in our community. And this week, Sam Seifert is kicking off our new series from Philippians, and it's titled Gospel Citizens. Coming up on October 18th, we have our annual general meeting. And this is a time where we celebrate what God is doing at Southview, and we look ahead to the future. The AGM is taking place on-site at the church, but it will be available online as well. If you're a member, please register in advance so that we can set you up with the voting system. The best way to know what's going on at Southview is by checking out our weekly viewpoint, and you can find a link to the viewpoint in the episode description of this podcast, or you can go on Realm and join the group Southview Family Updates, and that'll make sure that you're always getting the weekly viewpoint in your inbox. If you're new with us here in this digital space, we would love to hear from you. You can find an online connection card at the bottom of that viewpoint, along with a prayer request form so that we can support and join you in prayer. Additionally, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. But now today, no matter how you're joining with us, may each of our hearts be open and expectant. Because God is here, and Jesus invites us to bring all that we are and all that we're currently carrying to him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let's seek the face of God together. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you, or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together, as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me? Happy Thanksgiving. Any turkey? Not yet. Turkey in the backyard, maybe tomorrow. It's going to be 24. Guys don't sound very excited about the weather or Thanksgiving or church or life in general, like, but uh, I'm pretty excited to be here. So uh, let's uh, dig in together and uh, be a part of this. And uh, really the high point of our uh, service is coming to our table uh, after their service where we'll get to come to this meal together and uh, do this together as a family of God. And uh, uh, as we start, uh, I just want to let you know, uh, I don't know how many of you know this, but I'm a dually. That's different than being a Swifty. I don't know how many of you have been following the NFL, but uh, Taylor Swift has taken the NFL by storm, apparently, because she's now dating Travis Kelsey, and it's like every time I watch the NFL, it's now all about Taylor Swift. But I'm a dually, meaning I'm a dual citizen. So I have uh, two passports in our house. I'm a U.S. citizen and a Canadian citizen, and uh, that means I have two homelands. I have uh, rights and responsibilities in two countries. And uh, every time we travel down uh, to the States, uh, I travel on my U.S. passport. Um, And so my parents live in uh, Montana. And so every time we get to the border, I hand over my U.S. passport. And oftentimes, I'll hear these words, welcome home, son. That's just America. (laughs) But 
when I travel internationally, I travel on my Canadian passport, right? And we all know why. <laughs> when I first got married and uh, we traveled to Europe and we did a big backpacking trip and I was still very much American, but I was now Canadian and Cammie's like, we're putting Canadian flags on our backpacks. And I'm like, why? It's like, well, people treat us nicer because <laughs> we're nice people. But I told her, um, I always carry my U.S. passport when I travel internationally because I, if I ever get kidnapped, I want the U.S. to come after me, not a bunch of people that are trying to barter for my freedom with m maple syrup, okay? So there's uh, those two differences that I travel with. And so in speaking of citizenship, we're starting this new series as we continue through the book of Philippians uh, that we're calling the Gospel Citizens. Now, last series, uh, Paul was focused on giving his readers confidence and hope in what we called the unstoppable gospel. And so now as we're coming now to the end of chapter one, Paul gives kind of the primary exhortation to those readers of what he wanted to do in this entire letter, where he said, live as citizens worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, in the Roman world, uh, Roman citizenship was a great privilege, we talked a little bit about that in our last series. And really, those who had this elite status, Philippi was a Roman colony, they were expected to hold kind of a really high standard of what that meant. Now, Paul's going to argue that the same would go for someone who was a gospel citizen. Now, every Roman knew that good citizens would care for the welfare of the whole society. That is how the Roman citizenship would work. But for Paul, being a gospel citizen would seek to go and beyond, above and beyond, to meet the standards of their Lord, not Caesar, but of Jesus Christ. So in our text today, which was read by uh, Michelle, so thank you for reading that, uh, verses 27 to 30 actually is one long sentence in the Greek, and it's kind of really ineloquent, and so it's kind of patched together. But really the theme of the whole letter is in this first part of uh, chapter 1, verse 27. And this is what it says in verse 27. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel. Now, that first word, it's an adverb, and it's only, and in the NIV, as we heard earlier, it's read, uh, whatever happens. That's how it's translated. And really, this word is alerting the readers that Paul is making one request or one command. Now, if we unpack Paul's command over the next number of verses, which we're going to look at over the next couple of weeks, into chapter 2 even, we'll find lots of layers of application to this one command. But the demand itself, it's singular, and it encompasses all of life. So Paul is saying, regardless if I make it to you or not, as we know, Paul's trying to get back to the Philippians to meet with them. He's in prison, and he says, whatever happens, just make sure you do this one thing, one thing. Now, I can imagine as Paul is kind of dictating uh, this uh, this passage, he's probably pacing back and forth in the prison cell, you know, waving his index finger. And he's basically saying, Philippians, you know, above all else, keep this one focus clear in your minds. 
seek to live as a good citizen of Christ's kingdom with the gospel life and mission as your standard for life. I love how uh, the late uh, pastor uh, Tim Keller said this. He said, because the gospel is endlessly rich, it can handle the burden of being the one main thing of a church. And the Apostle Paul believed that. Because in our unstoppable gospel, as we've seen, Paul's joy came from their partnership in the gospel. His desire to defend and confirm the gospel by his life, his view as suffering and how that advanced the gospel, and as a platform for which the gospel was boldly preached by those who were inspired by his boldness as well. And then here in this passage, he calls the church to a life worthy of the gospel and to strive side by side for the faith of that gospel. And so the endlessly rich gospel is to be the center of everything in the church. So by starting with this word only, the apostle is raising the warning bell, indicating the most essential thing for any church, which is, verse 27, live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, what's interesting, the word Paul chooses for this first kind of exhortation or encouragement, it's this phrase, live your life. Now, in the Greek, that is just one word. And I'll try to, try to pronounce it. I'll probably butcher it. But politevome, politevome. It occurs only here in all of Paul's writings. So everything that he's ever written, he's never used this word. And it often has the connotation of living loyally as a citizen. And it's built around the simple word uh, polis, which means city. And it represents the political duties of citizens of a city. So in most of our translations, it would say, conduct yourself or live your life in a manner worthy of. So it's hard to kind of get the understanding of what Paul's trying to do here because of our translations. But it means quite literally to live as a good citizen of some realm. Now, Paul's going to use the same word, but in noun form later on in Philippians in chapter 3, verse 20, where he uses the word polytama. And it's kind of a version of that same word. It's a noun to remind his audience that their citizenship is actually in heaven. And so these two occurrences, coupled with Philippi's status as a Roman colony, suggest that Paul is trying to convey something about what does it mean to live out this idea of citizenship. So combining these two kind of insights that we get in Philippians, where it's the only two times that Paul uses these words, we can begin to imagine that Paul's getting at something here, like I talked about earlier when we first started. There's this understanding of dual citizenship that the, Philippi the Philippians are being exhorted to. They're to live as a good citizen of this earthly state, but they're also to live as a good citizen of this new state, this heavenly commonwealth wealth that they're a part of. And so it says Paul is trying to get his audience to raise their sights to a higher and prior kind of citizenship, which includes all of them, not just a few, uh, some of the elite, because not everyone was a Roman citizen in Philippi. 
But they, as followers of Christ, are all now to live as citizens worthy of this gospel. That's why I love how uh, Lynn Kohick, she's a New Testament scholar, puts it. She says this, Paul could be suggesting a dual allegiance where Philippians carry out their civic duties, but their hearts, be, but set their hearts beyond the kingdom of Rome to the kingdom of God. So what I find interesting when I'm starting to like look at this passage and ask some questions myself around, what is Paul trying to do here? Is Paul trying to help us understand that the gospel is more than just a message? Is Paul trying to help us understand that the gospel is more than just a mission? And as he plays with these words in the concept that the Philippians were, he was trying to help them understand this concept. Maybe he's kind of helping us see that maybe the gospel is all three, but also one of these things is the idea of maybe a parallel dimension. Kind of thinking through this. So think of this in terms of like kind of uh, movie stuff today of enter the multiverse. You guys have heard that term before? The multiverse? A Spider-Man, multiverse, all these different things that are happening. Well, I'm going to draw on this concept from a New Testament scholar. He wrote an article, uh, Nijay Gupta wrote an article about this. And I'm going to draw some of the things from what he talked about just to help us understand, I think, what Paul's trying to get to and how it's going to encourage us to live this week. Well, the first thing about the multiverse is the notion that other worlds exist. Not in a different location, like on a map. It's not like there's Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver. It's not that idea, but in the same place, in a parallel realm. So right here, there would be like another version of this realm right on top of us in this space. And for those who are kind of in the know, that know about this multiverse, about these hidden worlds, there's this fresh awareness of the life and activity that really is kind of invisible to the naked eye, but it's real nonetheless. And we kind of discussed this a little bit in our last series when we referred to the movie Free Guy. Uh, we talked about Free Guy. It's this guy, he's in, the, in this world, and then he finds these glasses and he puts on the glasses and all of a sudden he can see everything that's happening all around him. It's like this parallel dimension that he couldn't see before until he put on these glasses. And so there's this idea first that the multiverse, that there's this parallel dimension. And then a second multiverse concept comes from really a lot of sci-fi movies or fantasy movies. Um, and a lot of these shows and movies, there's kind of sometimes these points in a movie where there'll be this portal will open up to another dimension within the multiverse. And so sometimes uh, they'll end up in another version of Earth even. And so it's kind of funny when they do different things like this, they'll end up in another version of Earth. And in one of these movies I watched, they ended up in another version of Earth. And in that version of Earth, all the food was free. How cool would that be if we had like that version here today? You know, that'd be pretty sweet. We just go out and we just eat and we don't have to pay anything. So they do all these different things. And so this multiverse kind of concept provides us with a possibility of imagining a completely different way to live. And Nijay would go on to write this. You and I can feel stuck in the rut of the way things are, whether it's war. And just this morning, we heard about the war that broke out in uh, Israel. We're praying for uh, our brothers and sisters across the world. Economics or healthcare. 
But thinking about another dimension that is different version of our reality opens up new possibilities. And we start to ask, what if? So imagine if another earth dimension brought a cure for cancer to our earth. Or if they brought new teachings and intelligence or a new culture or a way of being in this world. And so this multiverse thinking, I think, helps us get closer to what Paul was trying to do with gospel language in Philippians. Paul is helping us to get a sense that the gospel is like a world unto itself. Like a gospel dimension, as Gupta writes. A kind of parallel cosmos that encapsulates a unique kingdom or a culture or an ethos. Now, Paul would go on to say... Uh, he wouldn't believe that that would be like some gospel colonialism, that that dimension then moves into this realm to somehow force this understanding. Paul would go on to say, no, the gospel's to be winsome. We're to build relationships and do all of these things. So it isn't that kind of colonial thinking, but there's this sense that he wants them to understand what does it mean to live according to the gospel? And he's saying that the gospel is not just a verbal proclamation alone, but it's a divine reality, invisible to the naked eye, a cosmos that can empower life in the here and now for you and for me as citizens of that kingdom. So Southview, above all else, keep this one focus clear in your mind. Seek to live as a good citizen of Christ's kingdom with the gospel life and mission as your standard. So what does that mean for us today? Well, first and foremost, as a follower of Jesus, you have a new position very much like I have been enjoying for many years. You're now a dually. I don't know if you're a Swifty or not. That's whatever. That's up to you and whatever your friends. But you're a dually. You're a Canadian citizen and you're a citizen of the kingdom of God. And so now it helps us to begin to understand what does that mean for me in my day-to-day -day life? How do I walk that out? And so tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up. It's Thanksgiving weekend. And I want you to be thinking about this that you are going to go to work at building a kingdom. The question is, which kingdom will you be building? Will you be building the kingdom of empire? Or will you be building the kingdom of Jesus Christ? As a citizen of heaven, as a citizen of this earth, you have rights and responsibilities in both, but one will supersede the other of how you live this out. So the question is, which one will you be giving energy to? How will those rights and responsibilities be lived out in your life? And so I'm going to give a couple of suggestions for you just this week to help us think about this, to take some steps, to be a part of what Paul is encouraging us to be a part of, which is really the main thrust of his entire letter, to live as citizens of this kingdom, of his kingdom. 
So first and foremost, he goes on to talk about standing firm in one about one one soul and standing, striving side by side with one mind. And so there's this idea that we are to be in kind of like a cohort. He's talking military language because Rome was occupied by military. They were uh, put there to, to live. And in the Roman Empire, uh, the Roman military was a sight to be seen. You can read uh, works by Josephus and walk through some of his uh, writings about what was that, the power of the Roman Empire. And so this important thing is we need to be in synchronized step with one another. We need to stand firm with one another and we need to walk side by side with one another. So I'm going to encourage you, if you're not in a small group, if you don't have a cohort, which is a military language to be a part of, I want to encourage you to come out to group link this week. It's uh, happening on Wednesday night, October 11th, and you can sign up by October uh, 10th still. And it's an opportunity to get some partners in life so that you can begin to live out this idea of a gospel citizen in this world with people that you can lock arms with and go through life together with. So I want to encourage you to join a small group, be a part of a community, get to know somebody and begin to journey together. Second is join our Instagram page where we post each week um, our scripture reading. And I advertised this four weeks ago and I'm happy to announce that after we announced that over 200 people signed up to follow us on Instagram. And so we want to encourage you because we're posting this every week and there's, we want you to read scripture in community with one another and there's some discipleship questions. And so every week you're going to get to read the gospel that is read here uh, on the weekend and the scripture passage so you can be ready for the weekend and to engage with life together because part of living out the gospel is being connected to that kingdom and hearing what that kingdom ethos is all about. And then third, as uh, Devin explained earlier, is next weekend, bring food for our Southview Social, okay? So bring food for your Saturday service. So make some food, apple stuff. Obviously, if you don't like apple stuff, then bring something you like, okay? So, but bring some apple stuff. We're going to make some applesauce cookies. Really excited about that. Um, But bring enough for lots of different people. But with this... I'm going to encourage you to take it to think gospel citizenship. So as you're making food for this community of people, make extra and drop it off at a neighbor's house. It's a twofer because you're a dually. You're doing both. You're serving in the community here and you're serving in the community there. And if you make the stuff before you come to church, drop it off and invite them to church. How cool is that? Now, a lot of you aren't going to do that. (laughs) A lot of you aren't even going to make food for this place. (laughs) But I'm here to exhort you to live as a citizen of God's kingdom, to be a part of what God is doing. And it takes all of us working together, standing firm together, living and striving side by side to support one another, to sit on the hallways as we end our service next weekend and eat food together and say, hey, how's life going? How are you living this out? How are you walking this out in your neighborhood? This is what church becomes for us. It helps us to develop community and a sense of togetherness so that we can go into the world and live lives worthy of God's kingdom and what that looks like.
Because living as a citizen of the gospel is best done in community. And Paul wants the Philippians to be of one mind, having a single purpose. Now, this does not mean that they're all going to think the same way or have the same ideas about doctrine. But it does require that they hold a singular passion for the advancement of the gospel. And for this to work, we as Christ followers who call Southview home, we have to learn to trust one another. And we have to learn what it means to be trustworthy to each other. We need to begin to think what does it mean to be charitable towards one another and to be faithful and grace-filled. And over all of this, what does it mean for us to clothe ourselves in love? Love for one another, love for neighbor. Because sometimes our acts, as we live out this gospel reality, it can actually heal fractured communities. Uh, Dr. Sunday Agang, he's a pastor. Uh, he was the president of a theological seminary, Kagoro, a school located in the heart of the religious tension in northern Nigeria. The local church experienced violent massacres at the hands of radical Muslims, the Boko Haram. And the temptation is always in those moments to respond in kind to those violent acts. But as a community leader in his community, he would always lead and serve and mentor the younger generations. And he would teach them to strive for justice through nonviolent means. And so he tells this following story. So there's a river near his homeland in the area of Mora land. It's the southern Kaduna state. And it flooded regularly. And so they would always have to walk across this riverbed for work and for food and all sorts of things. And these flash floods would come and it would always happen and people would die. And so it would always kind of separate uh, the community and it would be very hard. And so people would drown. And the Muslim government, they didn't do anything about it, even though there was petitions for them to build a bridge and to help out this community. So in 2001... Uh, Sunday co-founded Gawan Ministries to aid widows and orphans, including Muslims. Now, the Muslim governor took notice of this new ministry in his community of how they were serving those on both sides, the Christians and the Muslims. And he said he was so deeply moved, he decided to award a contract to build a bridge that would prevent the future drownings. This was not just any bridge. It was a world-class structure that went above and beyond their Christian expectations. And Sunday continues to work for peace between Muslims and Christians in this battered region to break the cycle of violence. And he writes, we need to remember that we are there not just for the church, but also for the whole society. We need to be engaged with what is happening. Because friends, gospel citizens care for the welfare of the whole society. That's what it means to live as a Christian. That our lives would be an expressed reality of the lived life of Jesus in this world. And God cared so much for the people of this planet. That he himself portaled himself into our dimension. And he not only modeled a new way of living to us, but he gave himself for us, which is represented in this meal of communion. That's how much God loves us and cares for us.
And so I invite you, as we come to this table, to take your cup. And I'm going to invite you to just take out uh, the bread and then also to open up your juice. And just hold both of those elements in your hands. And we read uh, that on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and broke it after he gave thanks. He told his disciples, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is a new covenant. Every time you drink of this, you remember me. And he said, you will, every time you drink and eat this meal, you will continue to proclaim my death. And so as we come to this meal, as you're holding these elements, and as we've been thinking about this idea of dual citizenship, and what does that mean for us in the reality of our world, this other dimensional space which we would consider the kingdom world and this world that we are living here in this space, how do we take all of that kingdom and bring it into the reality in which we live? And so I invite you to close your eyes as I help us to imagine what it would be like to be in that kingdom reality, our citizenship in heaven, the gospel dimension, imagine the table will be wide. The welcome will be wide. And the arms will open wide to gather us in. And our hearts will open wide to receive. And we will come as children who trust there is enough. And we will come unhindered and free. And our aching will be met with bread and our sorrow will be met with wine and we will open our hands to the feast without shame and we will turn toward each other without fear and we will give up our appetite for despair and we will taste and know of delight. In that image, God, that you give us, we now bring into this space, into this reality, to be citizens of this country, to live within this city. We bring that dimension of our citizenship here this week. And Father, we pray that we will become bread for a hungering world. That we will become drink for those who thirst. And we, the blessed, will become a blessing to our neighbors. And everywhere, there will be a feast, for you are here, present with us. So feed us now, Father, in this meal, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. So friends, the body of Christ was broken for you, received from him. The body of Christ was poured, or the blood of Christ was poured out for you. Receive from him.
Jesus lead us into this week. Help us to understand we got two passports now in our pockets. Gospel citizens, you're inviting us to a new reality to live that out here in this place. And we have the opportunity after our service to begin that journey together of striving side by side by spending time together, getting to know one another as we prepare even for next weekend to come for our social and be a part of life together. So God, move us out into this world to be the bearers of good news in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I invite you to stand for our closing benediction. I encourage you to stick around after our service. Um, I was talking to, uh, I, I often push a little bit because I'm like, well, I'm American, so I push a little more. So uh, I know there's a lot of introverts here. I, I get it. I'm married to one. Uh, but you can fake it for 20 minutes after the service to like go and talk to somebody. But I was talking, I uh, pushed uh, last time I spoke. And I was like, hey, some of you are going to sneak out. You're not going to go to the snow shoal and stuff. And I had a lady the next week come up and she's like, I thought you were talking about me. Like, how did you know? That's all I've been doing for a year is sneaking out the back and going. And because you challenged me so hard, I felt guilty for not staying. I went out, had popcorn. I met some people. And every weekend since, she's been out in the, in the foyer kind of getting to know people. And even though it's hard for her because she's an introvert. So I just want to encourage us to come around, go out here, say hi to somebody, go up somebody you never met, and just introduce yourself. Ask them what they're doing for Thanksgiving. How cool is that? A lot of you are like hating me right now, but that's okay. I, I can take a lot. I can take a lot. But as you go into this week, I implore you to live this idea out and continue to wrestle with it. Talk with your friends about it. But as you go into this world, now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Chat amongst yourselves. Let's party. Let's have some fun. And bring food next weekend. I want to eat something. Okay?